With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometers of range. Australian owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Hope you're having a great Monday. Paul Bonza, Dan Menzel, back for the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Uh, Menz, how are you going? How was your weekend? Weekend was very good, Bonds. Uh, nice and relaxing and stayed uh, up and watched every single delivery last night to see Australia win the World Cup. I tried. I couldn't do it. So I was listening to uh, SEN, listening to the coverage, and I'd wake up and I'd hear what the score was and I'd fall back to sleep. But I woke up with 26 runs to win. Good timing. And I just stayed awake for the rest of it. It was awesome. Oh, the complete game, and we will get into that. We will. And you can tell us whether you stayed up and watched it all. Um, how much sleep did you get, or is everyone else asleep? If you did say I'm going to watch it, are you already asleep? Just Quality Home Improvements open line, 1300 736 736, or text in 0427 154 166. Tell us if you stayed up and watched it. Tell us if uh, you love Travis Head, because I think we all do. We do. Oh, without a doubt, we do. All right, time for our box score. It's Monday. It means box score. Uh, thanks to Irrigear. To save time and water, Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. We start our box score with the ODI World Cup. Australia has won their sixth ODI World Cup title by six wickets overnight. We then Woo-hoo! go to the Redbacks in the cricket against WA currently. So live, this is a live score. We batted first. WA put us in after 42.4 overs. We're currently four for 237. We move to the AFLW. The Adelaide Crows are into another preliminary final with an 82 to 15 dismantling of the Sydney Swans. In the NBL, the 36ers won by three over South East Melbourne Phoenix in the ABL. It started this weekend for the Adelaide Giants in their championship defence. They take and win a 3-1 series win over the Brisbane Bandits. And in the WBBL over the weekend, the Adelaide Strikers women's team keep rolling. They beat the Sydney Sixers by seven wickets. Adelaide teams had a really good weekend, men's. It was awesome. Uh, let's firstly go to the cricket, the the World Cup. Um, Travis Head, what an unbelievable winnings. Firstly, before we get to that, the decision to bowl first uh, was a stroke of genius in the end. It was a stroke of genius. Uh, I mean, in uh, uh, Gujarat where they're playing, they, they mentioned that the Jew would likely come down in the second innings. Um, but I think there was a lot of uh, mixed opinions on this because we know that in finals, runs on the board usually is the way to go. So 
Uh, Rohit Sharma, I'm not sure whether he was telling the truth or not, but he said they would have uh, also bat first. So both teams seemed to be happy after the toss. And I just thought we absolutely nailed it. We were, first of all, we were dominant in the field. We were so good in the field early. It put the pressure back on him. And I thought that I agree. Uh, Pat Cummins nailed his decisions in the, when we were bowling. And, and it was a complete game from mine, from the Australian team. Outstanding. Uh, we've got a couple of calls, uh, men's. Uh, Troy from Collie in WA has called in, wants to talk about the cricket and maybe have a bit of a chat about the draft. How are you, Troy? Yeah, good, boys. I just wanted to. Um, make a, a quick comment about the draft, and then I'll ask you a question about the cricket. The draft, everybody over here is getting excited because Nick Natanui went over to present the Eagles jumper, but he could present it to um, Young Reed or he could give it to Curtin. So, you know, it could yeah. be either of them. But anyway. No I'm, one knows at this stage, Troy. Pardon? I'm not sure Curtin will go that high, but um, you, you're right. It depends if they trade it. So it's a good point, Troy. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, um, it's a go-home factor with Reid, isn't it? You know, three years' time or whatever. It is. Hey, the Indian, Australian-Indian thing now, boys. Now, we know India run the, well, it's called the Indian Cricket Council. Um, so India got the money. We've got the trophies. <laughs> So who's the most powerful creeping nation in the world? India. <laughs> right. Thank you very much. Thanks, you Troy. My great work, Troy. Most great powerful work. India, most successful Australia. And uh, it's a yeah, good couple of questions there. He's right. Yes. AFL Draft will get to that. Daniel Curtin's the WA boy. They won't take him at one, but potentially do they trade down. And, yeah, look, they are still the most powerful India. Men's, let's have a listen to Trav after his great knock and catch last night. He's probably the unluckiest man in the world. Um, yeah, I, again, it's yeah, something that I worked hard on. Um, yeah, I couldn't imagine getting 100. Couldn't imagine probably holding on to that one. Um, again, nice to hold on to something that's important. And uh, you want to look after your teammates. You want to contribute. Um, to be able to do that uh, on, on a big stage in front of a full house under all that pressure is, is a nice thing to, that I'll be able to look back on later in my life. How about, how about his catch, first of all, to get oh. rid of Rohit Sharma? Now, again... <laughs> catches with matches. If he doesn't catch Rohit Sharma there, who knows? He's going to keep swinging. He might get out the next ball or he might he could easily put 100 on in, in 10 Correct. Minutes. So that is a major talking point in the game regardless of what he did with the bat. So that was huge. Uh, and I mentioned it at the start of the show that in the field last night, we were unbelievable. David Warner stopped some certain boundaries. Marnus Labashane did the same thing. Um, it just put the pressure on them. And, and Trav, what a, what a tournament. It was. But, tra- but both Australia took the fielding to an extra level they did. in the semi and the final. They were they were elite. And uh, the skipper, he had a bit of a chat. Oh, that's huge. That's I think that's the pinnacle of uh, international cricket, winning a one-day World Cup, especially over here in India in front of a crowd like this. Um, you know, it's been a big year for everyone. Um, but, you know, our cricket team's been to... Here in India, Ashes World Test Championship, and to top it off with this is just, just huge. And... These are the moments that you'll remember for the rest of your life. Why is it the pinnacle? It's just every international team comes together. You only get a shot at it every four years. You know, even if you have a 10-year career, you might only get two chances at it. And, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, the whole cricket world stops with this World Cup, so it doesn't get any better. Amazing. Pat Cummins, his captaincy, and then with the ball last night as well. Huge. He got Virat Kohli oh, out. Uh, he did bowl beautifully. 
Um, and again, he's had a he's had a great tournament as well. It probably has gone a little bit under the radar, but um, yeah, it's up there with some of the greatest captaincy we've seen. And we might have a listen to Tim Payne having a chat about this. When we won the toss, I think Pat Cummins shocked everyone a bit with the call to bowl first. I wanted to ask you about that. So yeah. Take take it down for us and, and unpack it. Yeah. What would you have done in that situation? I mean, it's hard well, to say. Well, they, they obviously had some terrific mail, and they there's a lot of IPL experience. They've been there, so the mail on that ground is that the Jew comes in, and it is extremely hard to bowl in the second innings. Yeah. And I think we saw that it actually it actually played out. But the concern was, I think, that being an Indian pitch and potentially a bit drier that it would spin and slow right up, and it and it didn't do that. I think it actually, if anything, got slightly better. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, look, I don't think there was a thing last night that Patrick Cummins got wrong. He was outstanding. Yep. And he deserves a lot of credit for that. Andrew McDonald and his coaching staff de- deserve a lot of credit for that. It's a great point from Tim Payne on Pat Cummins and the coaching staff. Now, take you back to after game two when we were 0-2 and there was talk about how comes Inkless has come in for Kerry, like yep. he can't be making those decisions. We haven't picked another spinner. Like There was a lot of uh, question marks. The question mark over Travis Head playing. Yep, been in the squad. He maybe shouldn't be if he's going to be out for that long. So what well on Pat Cummins and Andrew McDonald. They nailed those decisions. They did. Johnny from Port Augusta is on the line. Johnny, you want to have a talk about the cricket last night? Oh, Johnny's not there. Are you there, John? Uh, he might be on second. Here he is, Johnny. You there? Yeah, hello, boys. What do you got for uh, us, Johnny? Yeah, uh, Patrick, Patrick Cummins. No surprise to me, he's a good captain. I was a very average, honest drafting out in the back, very ordinary. But bowlers, bowlers work out how to get batsmen out. We talk about Richard Bannow's a great leg spinning all rounder. We talk about Imran Khan, who was Prime Minister of Pakistan. We joke about fast bowls, but they sometimes, they sometimes have to work out batsmen, and goodness knows what. And um, there's a lot of people who are bagging Patrick Cummins. As Bonds, you played first class cricket in this state. And there's one bloke I can think of at another radio station who had an argument on Saturday morning. I listen to the likes of Ed Gabble, Mark Taylor, the late Richie Bannow, and I get my opinion from them. And I, I observe it as well. And um, just to me, it's no surprise he's a good captain. And I think there's a lot of people he's humbled by. No, I think you're right. about yeah, I think you're right, Johnny. I think you're absolutely right. That, uh, um, yeah, he's done a great job. And, and a lot of people were, were putting him down and and saying he's not the right captain, but he's done a fantastic job he's in this World Cup. Absolutely nailed it. And on that, that bowling unit as well. Hazelwood yep. last night was under pressure. Sharma came out and was trying to whack him everywhere. And... He got him, got him away in one over, but again, they bounced back beautifully the way they bowled and um, they didn't let India settle at all. And uh, it was a complete game from Australia and uh, our sixth World Cup. Yes, it was. And uh, current score in the cricket, South Australia, five for 245 in the 45th over. Yeah, probably, probably a few shy. It looks like a 300-plus run pitch. And men's, I just got to play this because Friday night, was unbelievable. The Adelaide 36ers come back from the dead. They were 18 points down at halftime, and then this happened. Vasilovic wants the last shot of the quarter. Jacks one up from nowhere. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. It's the Adelaide's new DJ, and he's playing all the hits. 
There are some serious athletes all over those rebounds. Flowers and Wiley. You just slow it up. Flowers in the corner. Back to back threes. <laughs> wow. Now it's with Vasilovic. Fall away. Three. Oh, my <laughs> God. It is party oh, time my. in Adelaide. Oh. 89-81. Williams, the rebound. Puts up a prayer. It ain't no good. The Adelaide 36ers get home. Jeez, commentator's going a bit off his nut there. That was ridiculous. That's a great call. Uh, <laughs> they were fantastic, the Sixers. As I said, 18 points down. They come back and won it by three points. DJ Vasilovic, 29 points. Wiley, 17, with 13 rebounds. Uh, Flowers was excellent, um, 13 points as well. And uh, they go to four and seven now, eight, still in eighth place. But keep, still, keeps, keeps, the them, alive. Alive. Yeah, keeps them alive. They, they've and, got to sort yeah. out the first quarter struggles, 17 down at quarter time, but... Great call and, and a really good comeback there as we finish our way through the box score. So the AFLW, we mentioned the Crows, 82 to 15 winners over the Swans. Yes. Comprehensive. We we now move to North Melbourne this weekend in the preliminary final. Brisbane takes on Geelong. I picked this last week as my upset. Geelong to beat Melbourne. Melbourne out in straight sets in the AFLW. So last year's premiers are out. So if we can make it through the grand final, you never know. It might be Brisbane, but um, the AFLW, the Crows team looking very good, as did the Adelaide Giants, 3-1 winners in the series to open their championship defence against the Brisbane Bandits, who are probably the other benchmark team in the competition. Yeah, they, they smashed the uh, the Bandits, really. 12-1 in the first game, 4-zip in the second game, 9-1 in the third game, and went down 1-3 in the last game on Sunday afternoon. And the last of the box score was the WBBL, which you mentioned the strikers beating the Sixers by seven wickets. That consolidates a top four position for the strikers so we won it last year in a really nice position to be able to go and contend to go back to back we are here for lumo energy switch to the affirmative join lumo energy today and kia kia's epic range the kia sportage the seltos the ev6 gt coming up the top seven draft steals from daniel menzel andrew capel from the tizer and also our hat trick back soon on the summer edition of sports asa Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Paul Bonza, Dan Menzel with you. Uh, and you can be part of the show. We've already had a couple of calls in on 1300 736 736, the Just Quality Home Improvements line, or text in 0427-154-166. Tell us how excited you are about the Aussies winning the ODI Cup um, or draft night. Are you excited about draft night? And uh, men's, thanks to the all-electric Kia EV6, with up to 528 kilometres of range. That's unusual, 528. Just pick that number. Could have been 530. Could have been 525. Makes you, makes you talk about it. 528. Uh, you got a top seven. What top seven have you got for us? Yeah, well, with the draft, AFL draft, under an hour away now, I've gone to seven in order draft deals uh, that in recent history. So these are seven picks that I'll read out where they went and who they are and We'll be able to back it up with some statistics as well. But these are seven of the greatest draft steals in the history of the AFL draft. And we'll start at number seven. And uh, look, Port fans, you don't have a selection <laughs> until about 800. But um, <laughs> you're, you're well down the order. But here's one for you. Robbie Gray, pick 55 in the 2006 AFL draft. 
He won three best and fairest, four All-Australians, leading goal kicker a couple of times. 271 games. It's a nice career for a pick 55. One of the greatest players to put that jumper on. Without a doubt. Uh, number six on the list is rookie pick number 44. So that's about 100. Yeah. Uh, even, even more. And this is in 2010, Jeremy McGovern. Rookie pick 44. Wow. I mean, that is a steal. He's a premiership player back in 2018. Four times All-Australian between 2016 and 19. Did not look like missing that All-Australian team and didn't. And he played 163 games in that period. So in his career. So he, they absolutely hit on that. And they're probably not a premiership team in 2018 if he's not in that side. Yeah, that, that's unbelievable. It really is. To go that low. Another one that, uh, I mean, they're all surprising, but at number five on the list, pick 47, we go back to 1995, it is a Boomer Harvey. Boomer wow. Harvey, a 1999 Premiership player. He was a captain for three years. He won five best and fairest, four times All-Australian, and played 432 AFL games. That's not bad. Not bad. That's a few. Not bad for a pick 47. You take that in tonight's pick 40, uh, tonight's AFL draft, or tomorrow night, pick 47 will be. At number four on the list, uh, we've gone homegrown SA talent here. Pick 58, 2011, Lockie Neal. That is a nice get. It was to Fremantle. Brownlow medalist a couple of times now. He's won, yep. uh, he's won five best and fairest, uh, played 220 games. Uh, he's, he's three-time All-Australian. Uh, so at pick 58, Lockie Neal, an absolute steal, as is number three, which he also was at pick 58, 2001 draft, so 10 years earlier, it is Dane Swan. Collingwood wow. got Swan at pick 58. Now, you, you couldn't have forecast him. No. Going as good as he did. He, he took a couple of years to come on, and then he was sensational. 2010 Premiership player, Brownlow medalist. Uh, he won three best and fairest, five All-Australians, played 258 games and racked up nearly 200 Brownlow votes. So Dane Swan comes in at number three. At number two on the list, I've gone with 1997 pick 43, Adam Goods. He wow. has had an unbelievable career. When you go through his resume, it's as good as any. I mean... Two-time Premiership player, 2005 and 2012. Two-time Brownlow medalist, 2003 and 2006. Three-time Best and Ferris, four-time All-Australian, three-time leading goal kicker, 372 games, the most ever for Sydney in 162 Brownlow votes. And why is he not number one? Well, he's not number <laughs> one because, again, I talked about the rookie picks, and this would mean this guy would go outside the top 100. Rookie pick selection 28 in the 2000 draft is Dean Cox at number one. So, again, I'm not saying he's a better player than Adam Goods, but he didn't go in the top 100 selections in 2000. He is a 2006 Premiership player, 2008 Best and Ferris winner, six-time All-Australian, 290 games, which is the most for West Coast Eagles ever, and arguably the best ruckman of all time. It's, it's unbelievable, isn't it? So it doesn't matter if you don't get... You know, they're the diamonds in the rough that you love to hear about. Oh. James Hurd's another one who was in the, picked in the 50s. Without and, a doubt. And one of the best players of all Without time to wear a, the, the don, to don the sash, I should yep. say. Yeah, no, he's one that I, I did leave off the list to sneak Robbie Gray in. But, um, yeah, there's plenty of good stories. I've played with Mark Blitzabs, who didn't even get drafted, and we picked him up from the Olympics and yes. thought, who's this guy? And in his first game of VFL Love, he ran 15 kilometres and had two touches. And I was like, where did he run all day? But he's turned into an unbelievable player. Wow. Be alert and be prepared this bushfire season. Stay up to date 
On all bushfire warnings online with South Australian Country Fire Service, visit cfs.sa.gov.au. This community update is thanks to New Fire Coat, the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions. It's available at Bunnings Warehouse, and you can catch every NFL game this season with Game Pass, only on design. Visit nflgamepass.com.au. No, just .com. Uh, no, quick, you. quick Redbacks update. Not looking pretty coming up to our 50 overs. of 47.4 in 7 for 263. I think we're mm. probably going to be 30 or 40 runs short. Falling in a hole, haven't we? But WA will chase tonight under lights at the Wacker. Good to see Liam Scott back in the side. Coming up soon on the summer edition of Sports Day, we're going to speak to the chief sports writer at the Advertiser, Andrew Capel. We're going to talk all about the draft. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports Day SA. You can be part of the show on the Just Quality Home Improvements open line, 1300 736 736, or you can text in 0427 one five four one double six. Paul Bonds and Dan Menzel with you. Men's very soon we're going to speak to AC Andrew Capel from the Advertiser. But uh, up first, we've been doing this for the last four days. We've been picking your top five draft picks of the last decade, and tonight we're down to number one thanks to Toolkit Depot Tools, Equipment, Safety Gear, and Workwear. Toolkit Depot Black Friday Sale. It's on now in store. Online, it ends on November 27. So these, this is the big one. We've been waiting all weekend for this. Your number one picks of the last decade. Yeah, this is the big one. This is the one that everyone talks about. I mean, it's the draft tonight. Can't wait to see all the different kids get drafted, but everyone speaks about, and the headline will be the number one draft pick. So let's go through the decade of 2010 all the way through to 2019, the top five in order. These five didn't make my top five. So, again, it goes on their careers thus far. I've got uh, Tom Boyd, premiership player. Right. He's not in there. I've got Jonathan Patton, GWS recruit, not in there. Paddy McCartan, also not in there. Stiff with, uh, obviously, concussion. Mm-hmm. Cam Rayner, 111 games, but he misses. And Matt Rowe, he's only played 62 games. That probably surprises a few. It surprised me when I had yes. a look at it, which is why he didn't make it into my top five. And my top five is this. In order, at number five, I've gone with Andrew McGrath. Essendon, 133 games he has played. He won the best first-year player when he came into the league. Yes. But has probably struggled to reach the heights that was expected of him since then. He hasn't played in a final yet. We know that Essendon has been a long time. So that's potentially why I haven't got him higher than number five. At number four, this one I found a bit tricky to place, David Swallow. So he has been in the AFL now for, for over 10 years He's been a captain in that footy club. He's won the best in Ferris in 2014. He's played 220 games. So I found it difficult whether he should be lower on the list because out of those 220, maybe he hasn't played 200 very good games, but he, he, it's longevity. So yes. 220, I put him at four. Uh, would you have him in front of McGrath? 
Um, I found this challenging. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit of a toss of the coin, but no, I don't mind that. Don't mind him at four, which means that we move to the top three. And at number three, I've got Sam Walsh at number three. 98 games, All-Australian in 2021. Now, again, a little bit like the other night, he could easily be the number one or two on this list, but I've gone off of how many games they've played and the careers they've had. Yes. With only 98 games under the belt, I didn't put him ahead of these top two. Now, one of them is his teammate. One of them got drafted just before him, and that is at number two, Jacob Wietering. 150 games. He has not been All-Australian yet. He's been in the squad four times. I mean, that just explains the consistency yep. of his career. He's won two best and fairest at Carlton. Now, I know they haven't necessarily been the best team in the competition through the duration of his career, but 150 games for All-Australian squads. It's a pretty good career so far from Wietering. I still feel like it goes under the radar. I'm, I'm sure it does, and I'm sure there's people going, no, Walsh is definitely ahead of him yep. because of the star status, the midfielder, but I like it. Yep, and so again, that is, so we've got McGrath at five, David Swallow at four, Sam Walsh at three, Weeder in at two, and at number one, I have gone with Lockie Whitfield. 203 games, All-Australian in 2018. A couple of best and fairest in there as well. Uh, again, another one that's a little bit much maligned, potentially should have had a better career, but again, I think he's played some outstanding footy in those 203 games. Oh, one of my favourite players. I just I think he's consistently, easily probably that number one in that group. Yeah, I think so. He could have won a flag. We know that. Um, but yeah, his, his silky skills, what he's done, um, he probably should be ranked a little bit higher on people's list in terms of midfielders and, and careers. But yeah, there's nothing to laugh at there. 203 games. I mean, when I read these two lists out, uh, Friday's list and today's list, which is the number one draft picks. Interestingly, with us about to go into the draft, the number two list, Bonds, is actually a lot better than the number one list. So it's amazing yes. the pressure there. I mean, if I we go through that number one list really quickly, again, the top five in order, Whitfield was at one, Weider in at two, Walsh at three, David Swallow at four, and Andrew McGrath at five. Well, this was the number two list. Christian Petracker at one, Josh Kelly at two, Stephen Coniglio at three, Andrew Brasher at four, and Tim Torano at five. Yeah, I'm taking that five instead of the the top five. So potentially, uh, you might rather than want uh, the number one draft pick tonight in Harley Reid. Maybe it's McKercher or maybe it's Jed Walter, one of those two. So that's your number one picks between the decade of 2010 and 2020. Well, good on you, men. That was a tough job over the last five days to pick those top fives, but you've done well and uh, I'm yeah, impressed. Well done. And I like the, the weedering at number two. But we're going to speak to a guy now. He is one of, well, he's the chief Football writer, chief sports writer at the Advertiser, thanks to Tire Power. Holiday getaway sale, it's on now with huge value on selected Falcon and SUV passenger tyres. The great man, AC, Andrew Capel, welcome to Sports ASA. Bonds, good afternoon, mate. How are you? Uh, very well, um, mate. Uh, I just want to ask you straight off the bat, do you think this year's draft pool of SA kids is better than last season's? Uh, no, it's not one of the greatest pools of SA kids this year. This time last year, we thought the 2023 pool was really strong, but a couple of the players that are still probably going to get drafted, a couple of them didn't have great years at, um, at Sanford underage level. So their stocks have just dropped a little bit. So I'd expect we would still get 10 to possibly 12 players picked up over the three days of the draft, obviously, tonight with the first round, uh, tomorrow night with the rest of the national draft, and then on Wednesday afternoon with the, with the rookie draft. But it's not one of SA's strongest years, that's for sure. 
So, Andrew Menz here. Great to chat to you about the draft tonight. Um, so, in hearing that, does that mean that Will McCabe to Hawthorne at 18 will be the first, more than likely, the first South Australian off the board? Yeah, I would have thought so, mate. Um, obviously, a key defender, uh, son of Luke McCabe, the, the former Hawthorne player who played over 100 games for the Hawks and also won, won premierships at, at Central District, of course. You'd imagine he would be the first player taken from SA in that mid-teen range. Um, Adelaide might possibly have a look at him and, and it might be up to Hawthorne to match a bid there. Um, the other players come with a bullet, as you guys would know, is, is South Adelaide Ruckman, Taylor Goad. Did a yarn on him early in the year. He wasn't playing Stanford footy this time last year. He was just playing at Westminster College, a basketball background, and Goad's had an outstanding year for South Adelaide. He'll be one of the first Ruckman taken. 206-centimetre giant, um, really athletic, runs a sub-three-second 20-metre uh, sprint. Uh, Adelaide's looking strongly at him with their second and third pick. Um, where he falls will depend on whether Adelaide think North Melbourne might jump ahead of them in, in the pool and take him. So he's, he's probably the second player that will go from SA, I reckon. So then in, in hearing that, with the Crows having picked 10, 14 and 20, it is more than likely that the Crows will pick three players from outside of South Australia with their first round or range of picks this year. I reckon Adelaide would take Goad if he's there with their third pick. Huge. Um, Given the fact that Riley O'Brien is is the standout ruckman Adelaide, he's 28. Kieran Strawn, as you know, leads the ruck in the sample. He's also the same age. And you've got Riley Philthorpe, who obviously he can ruck, but I think we all believe there'll be a better key forward long-term and the Crows are better off using him there. Um, So they do need a young developing ruckman. I, I think they need to get goad. Um, if not him, they need to get another another Ruckman. They'd love, Adelaide would love Go to be available with their third selection, but there's some questions over whether North Melbourne have a, a heap of picks um, inside the first 23, whether they might let, you know jump ahead of Adelaide and take him there, which might, if Adelaide believes that, they might use their second pick on him. But at this stage, you would imagine they would take him with their third pick. And with all the academy uh, selections, um, and compensatory draft picks. At, at this stage, it looks like Adelaide might sweep at pick 27 for Goad. Okay. What, AC, what, what do you think? Is there a diamond in the rough from South Australia, one that sort of stands out uh, that you've had an eye on, maybe you think might get picked up late in the draft but might turn into a very good player? Yeah, interesting one, Bonds. I mean, I'll use this guy as a diamond in a rough, even though this time last year we were thinking he might be a top five selection. Ashton Moyer from Glenelg, a gun forward, wrote a yarn earlier in the year about his ability to kick equally well with both left and right foot. I guess Menz is pretty good at that in his heyday as well. But Moyer has so much talent, a medium 188 centimetre forward. Um, he didn't have a great year, uh, had, had a hip injury which sort of held him back and ended his season early. Also a bit of illness in there. So the latest draft whisper is that Carlton might take him at pick 29. Adelaide would have to seriously consider him at pick 27 as well. As part of the AFL Academy, he trained with the Crows for a week early in the end. They loved what he did. He would, As I said, this time last year, we're thinking definite top 10, possible top 5. And right now he's in that 25 to 35 range. He has a massive upside. He's such a talent. 
the club can get him in that area, he would be that diamond in the rough, I reckon. So we've just mentioned and we talked about a few picks potentially from uh, South Australia and also the Crows. Uh, are the Power and Jason Cripps, are they even going to the draft tonight? <laughs> not tonight. Well, no, yeah. not tonight. Tomorrow they will, um, given the fact that their first pick is, I think, at this stage, 69. It is. As you know, boys, they traded, they traded away all their picks pretty much uh, to bring pay, play, key players in in the trade period because they believe they're close to a premiership, which is fair enough. They certainly are in that flag window right now. So they've gone all in on next year um, and just kept a couple of late picks so they can possibly add some, you know, bottom end talent. So they'll, they'll, they'll be, you know, they'll pick late tomorrow and, and night and, and possibly a rookie on Wednesday, but they'll sit tonight out. So it's the least exciting draft for Port Adelaide for a long period of time. But as we know, they have brought some, some senior players in to build their list up for next year. So then on that... So it's all about the Crows, really, tonight. It really is. So then on that, how many players are we expecting to see selected across this week? Because it, it ranges from year to year, and by the time Port picks, mm. are we going to see teams passing, or is it they're going to be clearly 60-plus this year? No, mate, I reckon there's going to be some passes. Mm. Uh, it's not the strongest national draft we've ever seen. The latest word is it'll be 55 to 60 players picked over the, over the next two nights. And then, of course, you've got your rookies and a couple of pre-season draft selections on Wednesday afternoon. So, yeah, this draft, the top 15, you've probably got the top seven or eight really stand out. Then you've got a a group of players, uh, six or seven, leading up to about pick 15. Um, Then she evens evens right out uh, for the next 20 or so picks. Um, And, of course, you know, the academy selections, and compensatory pick tonight uh, mean that the first round will probably go out to, to pick 29 rather than just pick 22. And expect Carlton to have a pick at 29 tonight, which will round out the first round. And West Coast start again tomorrow at pick 30. Um, but it's yeah, certainly not the strongest draft. Uh, the, the top six picks seem to be set in stone a little bit. Then it changes when you get to pick pick eight with um, or pick seven with Greater Western Sydney. A lot of clubs are trying to get that selection. So that's when the draft really becomes interesting, I think. The other part, of course, is whether West Coast sticks true to its draft order and takes the great Hardy Reid at pick one or whether they, they do a late trade to pick up multiple selections. But they've got plenty of those already with the AFL handing them into first-round picks this year. So I'd imagine that Reid will end up with the Eagles. So I wanted to ask you about the top of the draft order tonight. We don't expect any surprises. We expect that uh, if it's not the Eagles, Harley Reid will still go at number one. Who goes at number yeah. two, though, in your opinion? Because there's a lot of chat about Jed Walter, Colby McKercher has come into it. Is that one a pretty obvious one, or are we sort of maybe likely to have to wait to see where that falls? Yeah, as you know, Jed Walter will be a high pick, but he's a Gold Coast Academy player. So North Melbourne will probably bid on him, yep. of course. The Suns hand early. I think North Melbourne with picks, with their top two picks, two and three, will end up with Covey McKercher from from Tassie and also um, Zane Dersma, mm. brother of Xavier Dersma, now obviously being traded from Port Adelaide to Essendon. They're, they're the two standout players. Hawthorne, you imagine, will go for possibly Nick Watson, a small, small forward. Um, you know, Riley Sanders has been linked to the Bulldogs at six. And it gets interesting, Melbourne um, and Greater Western Sydney, as I said, their picks up for grabs. There's some talk that the West Coast has put their future first round draft pick up for grabs as well in a possible bid to get Daniel Curtin, Ooh. the local boy who is seemingly dropping down the draft 
Adelaide is said to be interested in, in that future pick. So, obviously, there's still a fair bit to play out in the next couple of hours. So, you expect Walt... Yep. They certainly need a key defender. Without a doubt. A young ruckman, and they need a strong-bodied midfielder as well, I would have thought, with those three picks. Mm, so watch out for Daniel Curtin there around that 10th pick. Uh, and so you expect Walter to go at two. You expect North Melbourne to put the bid in at least, and then Gold Coast to uh, then claim him. Yeah, I reckon Walter might go at pick three. I reckon North Melbourne will take one of those players at two, yep. and they'll bid on, on Walter, um, and then they'll probably end up with Jersey, I would have yep. thought. Hey, so I just want to ask you before we let you go, uh, your thoughts with Port and the Crows looking like they're going to move away from the Sandful and join the VFL. What are your thoughts on on that situation and how that will affect the Sandful competition? It's a timely question, mate. I caught up with uh, Sandful CEO Darren Chandler for a long chat um, this morning about this subject and others for a yarn next week or so. But look... I've been saying for, for many years, I think the sample's a better competition with Port and Adelaide in it. Um, you get the TV rights, obviously, extra corporate commercial dollars as well, but there's no doubt. I haven't been overly excited with, with Port's, um, I guess, you know, strong push against the sample and, and some of the things they said about the State League competition in recent weeks to get out of it, to move to an AFL Reserves comp. Um, because I do rate the sample very, very highly. I think ultimately both clubs will move out and there will be an AFL National Reserves competition. It will be not a matter of, of, of if, it's a ma- not of when, it's a matter of, of, sorry, not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, um, possibly 2028. But I've got no doubt the sample competition will continue to thrive. There's eight strong clubs there. It's got great support. Um, TV is locked in for a couple more years. The media coverage is strong. Um, they'll just have to learn to survive without and a lot of money. We know for the next three years there's already more money being invested in the salary cap, another $15,000 each for the next three years. There's milestone payments in, which will keep some experienced players in the game and already Matty Goldsworthy from um, the Eagles and Luke Thompson have re-signed for next year. As has Matty Snook at Glenelg. They're all approaching milestone matches. So I think long-term, the comp will be fine. It's certainly a wait-and-see situation with Port and Adelaide. Um, as I said, I believe they should stay in the comp. And we heard David Koch, the Port chairman, say that uh, their players will develop more in a national reserves comp. I'm not quite so sure about that. We've seen the expanded VFL with you know some of the games that uh, AFL clubs are playing there with a lot of top-up players. There's no way they are the standard of some of the sample games we see week in, week out. So... I'm not sure it's the right decision. Then you've got the cost of travelling, um, taking top-up players on the road away from work for a few days and, and the financial uh, cost of hotel accommodation and flights as well. So I think it's a wrong decision, but I think it's probably inevitable as well. AC, really appreciate uh, that chat and uh, good to speak to you. We'll catch up soon. Anytime, gents. Andrew Capel from The Advertiser, one of the best in the business, AC, and a good bloke too. Oh, he's, he's comprehensive with what he does and a very good bloke. And we might just uh, finish on the draft chat before it starts uh, very soon. Very, very soon, yes. So he made a couple of interesting points if we stay on the South Australian players. So Taylor Goad uh, was the one, the former basketballer, went to Westminster, the ruckman he was talking about. So, mm-hmm. look, do the Crows take him... They that, need a young ruckman. They do, but I mean, when you have a look around the competition at each ruckman, each AFL team, how many of them actually got drafted from their team? 
it's not a lot to no. be honest because no. teams have gone away from a little bit recruiting and developing a ruckman because they know it takes three, four, five years. They're doing a little bit what Port Adelaide's doing at the moment and bringing in Soldo and other guys, so yes. Jordan Sweet. So do they take him early potentially? But I wouldn't be surprised if he did slide a touch. He mentioned a couple of others there, Ashton Moyer from Glenelg, Kane McCauley from North Adelaide I would expect to go as well. So he's another lookout for. We know Will McCabe will be the Hawthorne selection. Um, Locke Rawlinson's maybe another one from Sturt that could get an opportunity. So there's a few in there, but yeah, not as many. Um, uh, not as many as what there probably is in most seasons for South Australia. But um, yeah, look, it's uh, it's going to be a great night for everyone involved. And we had a text in from Sam. Uh, Sam has texted in and gone, what if the Crows took Grundy back in 2012? Yeah, I agree. It would have been a great decision, but what I'm saying is clubs don't tend don't yes. tend to do it because yes. they don't want to necessarily spend those years on developing them and rather get a, a key position or a midfielder in there that they see more valuable. Um, I wonder what Hamish Ogilvy is thinking about this time just before the draft. Mm, a bit tense at the moment. Why are you tense? <laughs> I want it to be over. <laughs> I like the end bit when, when the boys are drafted and you get to see their faces and the family's faces. The bit now... I don't like so much. It feels like 100 scenarios in 98 won't work, so that's what it feels like, but it's been a long four or five week. Mm, a bit tense at the moment. Why are you tense? Hamish oh. Ogilvy there with a nearly a little double up, but um, <laughs> he sounds like the eternal optimist, doesn't he? Um, he's nervous, <laughs> to say the least. He does. All right, uh, it's time for our hat trick, men's. Thanks to the good oil, Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. It is time for our hat trick and we start, as always, with our forgettable moment. And I'm going to let you open the bowl in here with your forgettable moment from the weekend. My forgettable moment is that everyone's already forgotten how long the ODI World Cup went for because we won. No, <laughs> no one a, cares anymore. That is that's, that's a good point because we talked about it at the start of the tournament, midway through the tournament, yes. and at the end of the tournament, I was like, how long has this thing gone for? But... You're right, it'll be quickly forgotten because we are champions. Your unforgettable moment, Mims. Yeah, mine is the Redbacks-Sheffield Shield game, which finished Friday night. Uh, it's a forgettable moment for the Redbacks because we had WA at 6 for 105 and 8 for 168 uh, on the ropes, and we lost the game. They chased down 201 yep. for the loss of eight wickets. With six down and not even half the runs, you'd think we had it, but that's a forgettable moment from the weekend. Yes, I'm with you. Okay, uh, now next, if you don't know, now you know. And from me, it's an easy one. Travis Head is a star of world cricket and should be the next Captain of Australia. I like that one. Oh, I thought you were going to go potentially down the uh, World Test Championship player of the match, the ODI World Cup final player of the match, but I like the captain call. Remember, he was vice-captain a few years ago. Yes. And they went away from it. So it's, um, it's why wouldn't you go down that pathway now? Just getting better and better, Trav, yep. with uh, every year. He is. It's uh, phenomenal what he did last night. Uh, bonds for mine. If you don't know, now you know. All things being equal... The Crows AFLW team are still the best team in the competition. They dismantled the Swans on the weekend, 82-15. to 15. Should have beaten Brisbane the week before. Had a couple of misses in the last quarter. Yes. With Melbourne out, we're, we're line ball against North Melbourne in terms of the odds for this weekend. We should be favourite for mine. And if we play Brisbane in the grand final, I think we'll beat them. Okay, there you go. If you don't know, now you know. Uh, men's my last one. Uh, it is what it is. 
I touched on this last week. The AFL crowd at Norwood Oval on the weekend was 4,688. That's only 400 more than they had the week before. But just to make a comparison, in Melbourne, um, Melbourne versus Geelong at Icon Park, they had 5,057 people. Mm. Is that what it's going to be? Is that what we can expect? It's expect down, it's as down. far as crowds go on AFLW, it's definitely down. They're dropping. Yeah, remember, remember the first few years it was the ten thousands, yes. um, particularly finals time yes. at least. So, I, I think so. I think the novelty has worn off. Unfortunately, that's what happens in every every new uh, sport or event. But um, I think it has worn off, and so yeah, I think that's probably your benchmark now is around about that five thousand. So it's a good. It is what it is. Mine is the number one draft pick only hits at a fifty percent success rate so although harley reed tonight is going to be p- projected as an absolute superstar only 50 percent of them i went through our number one draft picks from that decade play over 200 games so wow. there's every there's a one in two chance there he's going to be a flop effectively i love i love that that is our hat trick for this week thanks to cobram estate australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil grown harvested and first cold pressed in northern victoria yeah and it tied in beautifully with a text we got from jim how often does the term generational get thrown around i mean it's every single <laughs> year isn't it generational talent this kid um just before we do go and the afl draft is about to start uh would you have traded Pick one. North Melbourne has tonight. I, pick two, three, 15, 17, 18. We've had this discussion. I would have definitely done it. Yeah. I, I would still do it. I would too. The, the I, players I get, you're going to get. I would swap one and something for two and three. Wardlaw and Sheasel, you're just going to hit on one. They're probably yep. going to hit on both. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it's a. It just makes sense to me. Yeah. They need more talent, West Coast. Certainly do. And why not get in three or four first round picks? Everyone, hope you enjoy the draft tonight. Don't forget the Redbacks are still playing, so keep a side eye on that. Uh, and men's will do this all again tomorrow because we love doing it. We do. Men's All American Sports tomorrow night after oh, yes. the draft tonight. All right. Have a good night, everyone. This has been the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts,